The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Inspire Us. Now, before I get on to my next guests, if you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and share the love. (laughs) That always helps. Now, I do have a special guest with me, a friend of mine, Gnarly Carrie Carey. Gnarly is going to be talking about our narratives. Are our narratives outdated? Do they need to be replaced with empowering ones? One line that she uses that I know that you're absolutely going to love is, nothing changes if nothing changes. Without getting into her complete talk, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this outstanding woman. Gnarly is an IBCP certified life coach and mindset coach, specializing in hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. She specializes in helping female entrepreneurs uncover and release the mindset blocks that create procrastination and self-sabotage, so that they can gain more clarity, confidence, and cash flow online and offline. Gnarly is super passionate about helping women with confidence, spirituality, and subconscious reprogramming in order to reach their highest potential. Gnarly is an avid traveler, international model, and spicy food lover from Toronto, Canada. And without any further delay, here's Gnarly Carrie Carey. Hello, Gnarly, and welcome to Inspire Us. You know what? I am so glad to finally have you on. We've talked about this before, I think, when we went to see a movie premiere a while back. I was talking about a podcast, and it's so nice to have you on. So welcome to Inspire Us. You have got, yeah, you've got quite a remarkable background, and you're doing so many good things uh, for people right now. I, I follow you on Instagram and on Facebook, and you're always posting such positive things. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I am just really happy to be here. Congratulations on this beautiful podcast. You yourself have been, you know, definitely a role model. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you, Gnarly. And, and the pleasure is all mine, really. I know that your past was not always easy. As most people's pasts, uh, or I wouldn't say most people, but many people's pasts are not always easy. But in your particular situation, when we were talking before, you mentioned about your father being absent from your life and how that affected you. Would you mind sharing that experience with our listeners? Absolutely. So my childhood was definitely, the words unstable definitely come to mind. Um, When I was, I think it was like, what, three months old, essentially, my father was sentenced to 12 years in prison. And that became kind of, (laughs) that created a whole slew of issues for my family, especially seeing my mother struggle, having him in and out of my life, not really understanding why there was so much struggle and strife and disappointment, essentially. Um, That was definitely something that made me stronger because I was moving around so much as a child, but also made me realize that there's a real issue that starts in the home, right? If you don't have those parents that are maybe positive or 
you know, can direct you in the right direction. So with my father in and out of my life, um, I started to look for attention elsewhere. I started to rebel. I, I was one of those students that I was very much like good girl up front, but when no one was around or I was with my friends, I was doing all these crazy things. So um, I guess I sort of found myself having very self-destructive behaviors from drugs, partying, sex, the whole, the whole gamut of things. And I just had this very negative, almost evil self deprecating voice in my head that I used to live with for so long. And there's a sense of unworthiness. And what's funny is essentially when my father was away for so long, when it first happened, my mom fell into a depression. So she didn't really take any pictures of me. There was no real record, like recording of me growing up as a kid because she didn't obviously it wasn't my her priority. It's just survive. So I remember that being the first thing that really stuck out. I'm like, why is there no baby pictures of me? <laughs> like, you know, my little mind was trying to calculate like why I guess I wasn't important, right? So that started the narrative of I don't matter. And that narrative of I don't matter, I'm insignificant, I'm I'm forgettable, you know, really start suck it sunk its teeth into me and naturally my relationships reflected that and yeah so that's like a bit of my childhood <laughs> wow okay <laughs> now what, how old were you when your father was first uh, taken away and sentenced i wasn't even one i was like three months six months like in between that early yeah so you didn't have him for the first 12 years of your life to to guide you or to be the dad right yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Last, the last four years he was out on uh, probation but even those four years and even after that he was still very not not on a straight path let's just say <laughs> okay and his uh, his contact with you was that something that that he reached out to you or was it was it still strained it was it was in and out like he was around sometimes you know like the odd holiday you know but the whole thing was my parents lied about him even going to jail I didn't know till I was a lot older. They, it was always the he's in Africa excuse or he's doing something else. So it was, it was a really confusing upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess they were kind of shelter me and my sister, but it was also very much like, well, someone's missing in our lives, right? And then, um, yeah, so it was, and then when he was in my life, like, you know, my my teenage years, he just wasn't the person I could go. He, he didn't fit the father role, right. you know? So it's hard to, tell him my feelings he was had a bit of an anger issue going on you know hot and cold so he was the parent that was very question mark where my mom was pretty much the staple one sometimes <laughs> for the, as much as she could be well know. yeah and that's an awful lot of responsibility to put on your mother's shoes as well you know on her shoulders it's uh you know her husband is gone she's raising how many children in your family you and your sister oh, now now there's four but when we were growing up it was just me and my sister. Okay, my so raising uh, raising two girls and uh, you know trying to do the very best she can, but also mm -hmm. suffering from depression from everything that was happening. How, yeah, and I know that it was difficult for you as you were growing up. This, uh, as you said, it was an evil voice in you uh, that was uh, really spearheading you and 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 telling you that you weren't worthy. How did you? ever get over that negative self-sabotaging dialogue oh well after a while essentially what happened was i found myself in two really toxic relationships one lasted three years and the other one lasted five years and the way they ended for both of them were just really painful and i chose to run away <laughs> chose to travel and leave town for a little bit 
And I had my come to Jesus moment when I was traveling, when I realized, you know, it doesn't matter how many palm trees are around you. There you are, right? There you and all of your baggage and all of your fears and scars are. So it was just the moment of surrender that I had where it was like, I just saw the trajectory of my life if I stayed the same and it scared the living crap out of me. If I would just stay insecure to stay feeling, you know, the the low self-esteem to keep that for the rest of my life, what that would mean and what that would look like, you know? So I was like, something has to change. Like, you know, I don't want to end up like my mom. I don't want to, I just, I want to be different. You know, I can't deal with this anymore. And it was kind of a quiet desperation of like, I need to fix something. And it's me, you know, that was the painful part being like, it's all you, you're the common denominator. So having that sobering moment on a cruise ship when I was traveling, after that, I was like, okay, let's, let's figure it out. I mean, I can't be the only one that has low self-esteem, right? So I went on Google, Google, Dr. Google, and started Googling away for months, just figuring out, like, getting into psychology, what happens, low self-esteem, trauma, why women, you know, don't like themselves, essentially. What, it, like, what is it about me? Right. And then I realized, oh, okay. So it's the mommy daddy thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, And that led to my journey of self healing, working with coaches, working with therapists, diving deep on what it means to not be loved and what that effect does, you know, not being cared for, being neglected, feeling abandonment. You know what I mean? All of Mm -hmm. those like things people don't really talk about. I was like, why aren't people talking about this? You know, why are people talking about this? And you know what also really triggered me? Sorry, I'm blabbling. No, no, really. I love it. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, why is my friend always able to find good partners? And why can't I? It was one of those like, what's different here? You know, mm. what is in her mind or in her mindset or her self-belief system that makes her have easy relationships? And why can't I have that? And it was this feeling of something's not clicking, right? So. Right. I became very, very curious, you know, the haves and the have nots. Why are some people successful? Why are some people not? And it ends up being all about your self-image and what happens from zero to seven. And that led me on this whole thing. It was more of a, how do I fix this, this, these screws, you know? What, what is remarkable about your story is uh, you're absolutely right. When people are missing a parent or when they feel unworthy, unloved, uh, and they feel invisible sometimes to uh, the parents that ought to be taking uh, care of them and guiding them, it's easy to get lost. And it's easy to get into self-destructive behavior, as, as you just explained. And then for you, though, how old were you, were you when you were on that cruise ship and you really took an account of your life and you made, it sounds like you made a significant decision, life altering decision on that cruise ship that led you, that led you to the remarkable individual that you are today. How, how old were you and how did that happen? Yeah, I was 23. I was 23. It was January 14th. And, um, I just, I was reading this book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, which a friend had gifted me before I left Toronto to get on the cruise ship, which was floating around the Gulf of Mexico. And I was selling jewelry or whatever. And I cried for two months straight on that cruise ship. I was mourning a five-year relationship, but I was also kind of trying to be strong. So I put on my outfit, do the work, and I come home into my cabin and cry myself to sleep for two months straight. Mm. And like, this this fucking sucks. Oops, sorry, I don't know. Oh no, that's that's, that's okay. That's all right. (laughs) 
I think I think my my uh, listeners have heard that word once or twice before. <laughs> so I'm reading this book about the subconscious mind and how you know this this and that, and then I was like, it said something about just riding the waves. Something about these. There's something in the passage of the book that just like cracked me wide open, and I bawled. And I'm like, God, if you're there, like. I'll learn how to love myself. I don't know how, I don't know what that even looks like. I mean, my mom definitely didn't show me, but I will, I will figure it out. I will figure it out. Just please like heal the, heal the ache. You know, mm. my heart was so heavy and I was just, it was just my lowest point because I was also kind of pretending to myself. I was in a delusionment. I was like, Oh, I'm in the sun I'm selling jewelry. I'm living this beautiful cruise ship life, but I was so unhappy. Mm. So I was 23 and I was like, something's got to give. <laughs> wow. And what you're describing, I'm sure a lot of people are going through, young people and, and uh, whoever. A lot of people are at that point in their lives where things are not working and they're looking back at to see what's this all about? You really dug in deep. You did some research and you went into and you found it was the family. It, it was that that upbringing that really uh, you missed out on. And uh, after you started working with coaches and after you started to understand uh, that you could stand on your own and really become your own individual, what steps did you take next? Because I know that now you're reaching out to a lot of people and you have a service uh, for helping people who've gone through things similar to you. You're a very inspirational individual. Uh, you're also a professional model and your career has taken off. So how did you end up being the gnarly that you are today going through what you did? Well, realizing that, you know, my way wasn't working. Just having that self-honesty. Mm. My way of life, my way of thinking, just the results just don't work for me anymore. So I started to get curious about how other people are doing life, <laughs> to be honest. Mm -hmm. So um, asking people for advice, seeking the mentorship, seeking the healers, um, and then kind of a lot of reading, a lot of research. The steps that I took was to get clear on what would be a good life for me anyway. What would that look like? You know, traveling was also extremely healing because I got to see myself through the eyes of people, strangers. And I kind of felt like, oh, okay, well, if this complete stranger likes me, then maybe I am worthy of things, you know? So traveling was a huge part of my healing journey. What else did I do? I wanted to get rid of my toxic behavior. I'm like, there's certain things about me that are toxic. And what happened was I was smoking cigarettes for 10 years. I'm like, this is probably my most toxic mm you know, trait, you know, I've been smoking for 10 years. It's kind of my crutch, you know, I'm always, there's always a reason for me to smoke because I'm an emotional smoker. And I was in Australia and I was like, okay, well, I want to get rid of this habit because I can't afford it. Plus it's killing me. <laughs> so uh, my friend had suggested hypnotherapy. And at that point I was open to everything and anything. Um, I still am. So one of those people that likes to try different modalities, Reiki, whatever it is, let's see how it goes. You know? Right, right. Um, so back then I was like, okay, sure. Let's, let's see how it goes. And in that one hour session, she helped me quit smoking essentially. And I was just like, you know, I've been reading the book, the secret since I was 16. I like the whole idea of manifestation and stuff like that. So I felt like, okay, I kind of get the, you create your life kind of thing, but like, how do you create lasting change? Mm, mm -hmm. so after the pivotal moment of, you know, releasing a 10 year addiction, I was like, well, what else can you do? And what's, what's going on in here that I'm not aware of? What's yeah. this mind thing that she just did, you know, like, 
And that led to my, I kind of get really obsessed with things. So I got obsessed with subconscious reprogramming and how to change your mindset. And then, you know, two years later, I'm a hypnotherapist and a mindset coach. So it's just. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And what you, uh, what you really hit on, you hit on several things that I really like. You just didn't settle for one idea. You went on from one idea to another idea uh, and tried different things. And I think that's one of the keys. Uh, And I've spoken to mental health wellness practitioners who have said that sometimes one form of therapy may not work for you, but there are hundreds of different therapies or different ideas out there. And you went on a journey to find the ones that worked for you. Were there times where through your journey, you, you slipped back or you felt discouraged. And um, why don't you tell us about one of those times? But more importantly, how did you get out of that? Because I know that sometimes when we're on a journey and things aren't working out, we can get discouraged again. And that's where a lot of people drop out of the race. They kind of give up, but you didn't. Yeah, absolutely. I can think of a few times. I think of instantly about my romantic relationships and you know going through the spiritual growth going through the mental evolution but then still attracting people that were toxic and feeling like oh crap I'm still not quote-unquote healed you know and feeling like oh like there's still something wrong I'm still broken right Mm. and um I realized that I had a lot of codependency I was always waiting for someone outside of me to tell me I'm worthy of love or tell me I'm good enough right that comes from the whole mom and dad not telling me at all you know what I mean so I'm always like seeking seeking other people and I, I put that on men which was obviously quickest way to heartbreak <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 but uh, you know, how I got out of that was really surrendering to the narrative that I was holding on to and that's something I really want people to understand right everything is a story we tell ourselves mm. right Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is just completely outdated. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we, mm-hmm. in some weird way, we sometimes get pleasure or a benefit from holding on to this "I'm not good enough" story. Because if we ha- if we let it go, what would that what would our life actually look like? Right. right. So right. Getting more accountable, looking at the narratives that I had going on about what I deserved, deciding that those narratives weren't serving me; they just couldn't go on because they were keeping me small. And as a young entrepreneur these stories also leaked into my business at the first for the first year, you know, procrastinating the self-sabotage, not putting yourself out there out of fear because, you know, you don't want to disrupt the, the narrative of I'm not good enough. Or I got to play small or money's hard to come by all of these narratives that we hold on to that are just keeping us unhappy. So what I did to get out of these pits or whatever was really just look at the story I was telling myself and then holding myself accountable. And there's one thing that I say to myself all the time. I'm like, gnarly, nothing changes if nothing changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And understanding that I don't want to be in this cycle anymore. You know, it's kind of that, that sweet surrender. It's like enough is enough. And that's yeah. kind of my mentality sometimes. I know it sounds kind of maybe easier said than done, but it's like, all right, well, if I go another year sabotaging myself, that's going to kind of suck. You know, <laughs> like, oh, no kidding. How about we try something else? You know, so. Oh, for sure. Wasn't it a Albert Einstein who said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and you, you talked about something I think a lot of people are, mm-hmm. are suffering from, and that is 
it's a learned helplessness where mm. that where that where that dialogue that you tell yourself is so familiar to you uh, it, it requires work to change it and yeah. you may be so familiar with it that even the thought of changing it has never occurred to your mind because you're comfortable there thinking that your this is your your destination this is your life um you though you didn't listen to that you didn't remain helpless you actually you you fought that uh what was it that drove you to to just change that was there something was there something you read something a, a person told you or did it just come from inside you know what sinking more into my spirituality really helped feeling more connected to god divine whoever you believe in feeling like okay well this can't be for nothing, right? All of this can't be just some sort of, you know, like maybe there's something here. Maybe I'm supposed to help other people overcome this as well. And mm -hmm. I, I always felt really passionate about personal development and it's kind of thing that saved me and got me into modeling, you know, like confidence building, you know, taking mm -hmm. those actions. So it was a little bit of being really fascinated with my own growth. I'm like, wow, I've been really growing. Like it's been, you know, being proud of that and being like, how much more can I do? What else can I do, you know? But then also realizing and seeing that I have a lot of women in my family. And it's just like, man, there's a lot of women that are amazing, but they struggle. Like, what is it that, that curiosity, that cur like, why, what is it? What is that hurt or that, that shift that needs to happen to make them see themselves? And then I really realized it's a self image thing too. How you see yourself, how you see, how you think the world also sees you, right? I'm not that kind of person. I'm not girl to do this I'm shy all the narrative thing again but it's a self-concept right so changing my self-concept has really helped me keep motivated and knowing that I'm in control of how I see myself right mm -hmm. taking that control back right mm -hmm. but it does come with a lot of healing a lot of forgiveness work isn't is a part of my you know forgiving my dad especially you know mm -hmm. I realized that I had so much anger <laughs> right I was really angry at my mom and my dad, you know, not even just daddy issues, but I was mommy issues too. Like, how could you choose this partner? <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. feeling shame and guilt and dealing with those negative emotions with a healer or a counselor, whatever, you know, a guide really helps because sometimes you don't know where to put the anger or the frustration, you know? So dealing with that, but also just being like, wow, like, let's keep growing. Let's see where this goes, you know? Hmm. And yeah, I, I like what you just said, because on so many levels, it, it is a matter of really examining your life, a self-examination, which you've done to determine, hey, I don't want to be on this path. And it was January 14th, you wanted to do something different. And that came to your mind, a bunch of things came to your mind, you did your research, you went out and you experimented with so many things. A lot of people who uh, are listening to you right now are connecting with you because you're speaking about uh, our humanity, our desire to be seen, our desire to be recognized, mm -hmm. our desire to be appreciated by others. Yet there is that one foe that resides in your mind that can sabotage your journey to self-love and to acceptance. And that is that little voice that you alluded to, that evil voice. How do people gnarly how do they change their mindset what exercises can people do uh, maybe on a daily basis to change that mindset you manage to do it and many other people who are successful manage to do it what about the others who are struggling what can you tell them 
the first thing I had to do was work on my self-talk for when I started my self-love journey, January 14th, it was really intentional. And like the self-talk needs to be fixed right away. So I really understand that part of wanting something and then the, the evil part or whatever comes and snatches, you know, the yeah. away. Right. Um, you have to start to question your thoughts and also monitor them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a, I don't know if it's speaking over your head, but it's like, understanding that you are not your thoughts you know I I tell my clients you are the blue sky and the thoughts are just the clouds passing by right so you become aware awareness mindfulness right Mm -hmm. and then when you have the negative thought ask yourself is this true is this absolutely true is it written in stone is it written on a bible somewhere that this that I'm not good enough right and that loosens the grip a little bit right Mm -hmm. and then you want to take the next step and ask yourself who would I be how would I feel without this thought? This thought that I've magnetized, maximized, made it so grand in my life. Who would I be without the thought that I'm not worthy? Mm-hmm. That's, that will crack you open a little bit because you realize you're the one holding on to this thought. This is the mindfulness mindset shifts that need to happen. Getting control of our thinking, questioning our thinking, knowing that not everything that we think is true or even us. Sometimes it's the voice of our bullies or our, our parents that didn't, you know, they were toxic themselves, right? So mm. questioning, why do I think this? Where is it coming from? Is it really mine? Is it true? And then how would my life look like? How would I feel if it was gone, if I didn't believe it? Right. And then you realize you're in control. That's right? it. That Or that you can take control. You can take control. You the can. moment you choose, right? The moment you choose, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Life is choice, right? There's a quote that says life is choice. Everything is a choice. And I realized I was choosing the toxic partners. I was choosing the self-doubt. I was choosing to think of Gnarly as this not so great person. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it really also helps to do this journey with someone. Having an accountability coach or anyone like that, a mentor, it truly helps. I really want more people to have mentors. You know, because you can't see your blind spots. You really can't, you know, having someone question, well, why do you think that? You know, oh, wait, like, why do I think that, you know? Right. So it really helps to have someone outside of you that's not so emotionally attached to your story, break it down a little bit. Right? Mm, yeah. And always uh, when you are working with someone, that accountability coach, it makes your journey that much easier. I mean, if we just help one another out, it, it makes all the difference. And earlier, what you said, when you examined your life and you saw that there were things in your life that you were not happy with, that your behaviors needed to change or whatever, you really dug in there and you made those changes. And I think a lot of people uh, are, are afraid to look at themselves and examine themselves to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe I am an idiot in this area that needs some change. And I think I think we we all have to do that. Sometimes we just let each other uh, each other down. Are are there daily exercises that you now follow, say a a morning uh, ritual or a morning routine that sets your day off? I I lean heavily on my spirituality lately. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I try to ground myself. You know, have a very calm morning. You know, have my tea you know, say my affirmations in front of the mirror, speaking, speaking my life into existence, you know, I use sage or Palo Santo, things of that nature. Um, I love binaural beats, which is essentially um, 
subliminal messages or subliminal beats that really help, you know, get your brain on a certain wavelength. Um, I really try to also listen to great music, you know, music is a great vibration booster, mood booster. Um, I try to stay away from my phone because sometimes, you know, you get on your phone and you just get trapped into other people's, the scroll, you know, so I yeah. try to have the first hour to myself. It's not perfect, but it's, it helps when you, you know, can take that minute. Um, heavy on the water, you know, lots and lots of water. That's a beauty secret. Lots of water. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think right now it's understanding that lately for me, it's like, okay, you, you are accountable, being accountable to myself, right? Mm-hmm. Doing that self-trust, doing what I say I'm going to do, having that self-integrity. I also am a very visual person. So I like to have, you know, quotes or pictures outside of me that kind of remind me of what I'm aspiring for to keep me like focused. Right. So I call those trophies, things just outside of you that kind of remind you who you are, what you want. Um, and yeah, and also just looking at your, your circle of friends too. And, you know, people around you, how do they make you feel? What kind of, you know, what do they bring into your life kind of thing? So we can't do life by ourselves. You know, we really can't. No, no, we're social people. And we're also experiencing this disconnection due to COVID-19. That's very difficult for people. But you're absolutely right. We can't do this world alone. We need others to, you know, to be a part of our life and a part of our circle. And choosing the right people is so important. You are the company you keep, as they say. So if you end up uh, being around a, a bunch of garbage people, chances are you might be a little bit of garbage yourself. You never know. Or garbage will be coming out of you. If you sound, yeah. surround yourself with good people, chances are you're a pretty good person yourself. So we are the company that we keep. So if I were to ask you, what are some of the most, I guess, some of the most important lessons that you've learned over the last few years that you could share with people right now uh, to help their circumstances because people are struggling. And mindset is something that you've spoken about so much. Just that little shift in mindset makes such a big difference. What could you tell our listeners that might make a huge difference in their lives right now? Okay, two things come to mind. Um, One is about perception right? Mm. Um, what makes us different than an animal is we have willpower, imagination, intuition, and perception. And perception is a very powerful tool that you can use to get yourself out of negative thinking or, you know, doomsday thinking kind of thing, right? So I think, I think of a hammer, right? A hammer could be used to build a house or it could be used to break a car window, right? The hammer itself is neutral, right? Just like your circumstances, they're all quite neutral, Mm-hmm. obviously there's realities happening maybe you know you're about to lose your job but at the end of the day it's how you perceive it and how you take action from that perception right mm-hmm. so for example if you're a new entrepreneur you can say oh i'm new no one will, no one will buy from me no one will take me seriously that's all a perception and if you follow that perception it'll lead to a result right it'll lead to you feeling a certain way thinking a certain way and acting a certain way right based mm-hmm. on that perception mm-hmm. you can still you can still be a new entrepreneur, but once you shift your perception and adopt a new perception of, you know, I have a fair chance, I have something unique to offer the world, right? That perception shift will change the way you think, act, and show up, and will change your results. So your results is always a reflection of your perception, how you're perceiving your circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it falls back into how you see yourself, how you see your 
your, your thoughts essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And then another thing is to really don't work from your circumstances, work from your vision, right? Because if you're always working from once I have enough money, once I have enough time, once I have enough energy, you'll never have it. You're, you're running in this race of waiting to have something. But if you ask yourself, who must I be to have the success that I want? Who must I embody? What kind of character do I need to be? You know, the person, the version of you that has a successful business or relationships, how do they see themselves? Who do they be in the world, right? That's more important. Your character is what builds your future, right? Your habits mm-hmm. and your identity, mm-hmm. right? So really looking at who, who do you have to become to overcome or lead the life that you want, right? It's, it's, the way you be that really matters, not really much what you do. And I don't know if you ever had this for yourself, but people are always like, I love what you're doing online. I love what you're doing. But the truth is people love who we're being. We're being passionate. We're being inspired. We're being motivated. We're showing up for our dreams. Mm-hmm. It's being that really creates your life and attracts things to you. Not so much the doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I do. I do. Yeah, check your perception and then ask yourself, who must I be to have the success that I want? And yeah, those are really important pieces to leading the life that you deserve to live and being the person that you want to be. And again, it is what you tell yourself. And you made a very good point. If you are a new entrepreneur and maybe this is not going to work out or whatever, you are really working at a self-destruction. Uh, because your actions will be reflected in your mentality. The two will be connected and you'll self-sabotage yourself for sure. Now, I admire the things that you're doing, Gnarly. I I really do. And you've got a a wonderful Instagram uh, page and you've got a great Facebook page. How can people reach out to you and connect with you and maybe even get you to, to be part of their journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I spend a lot of my time on Instagram at at gnarly k which is n-a-r-l-e-y-k i love the instagram platform um my full facebook name is gnarly carrie care you can check out my website gnarlyk.com. i am always online <laughs> by default i'm always online <laughs> um i offer you know anywhere from single sessions to just really get clarity and confidence and get like you know your mind together and i offer programs that run either six weeks, eight weeks, or 12 weeks, depending on, you know, where you are. I also offer free consultations. I really love to get to know people before I work with them. So that's absolutely free 30 minute call. I call them mini mindset makeovers, where I just tell you exactly the next steps that you need to do to get clear, whether you work with me or not, it's always a great time to just connect with people. So you have those mini mindset makeovers, which you can sign up through my website or Instagram. And yeah, so I'm, I'm available to help people with, you know, the self-sabotage, the insecurities, letting go of their past, building confidence, building their social media as well. So it's, it's evolving. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's great work, too. And it's, it's a process. You know, it is a journey. And we just got to keep moving forward. And, and you have a, a great service to offer. And I thank you so much for taking your time here today, Gnarly, and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for having me. This has been beautiful. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed having you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, 
It's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.